Enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, hello and welcome. The Temple of Geek Podcast has been around since 2012, and we are a community of writers and podcast hosts who enthusiastically cover all things geek. To all of our returning listeners, thank you so much for tuning in again, and we appreciate you so very much. My name is Monica. I'm the regular host of the Temple of Geek podcast, and I'm also a writer and photographer for our site. With me today is Emily. Emily, can you please say hello to our listeners and introduce yourself? Hey, everyone. My name is Emily, and I am a PhD student in Southern California. I'm the co-editor-in-chief of Foothill Poetry Journal and a fangirl of the highest order. Awesome. This is a special podcast episode for us because we are coming at you with some new news and new content. We are so excited. How excited are we? Like super excited. Super excited (laughs) to announce our project Portrait of a Fangirl. So Portrait of a Fangirl is a passion project of ours, and we're so excited to tell you more about it today. Uh, At the core of the project is the very important necessity of telling the stories of women who have found inspiration, growth, and power through fandom. We're super excited to share that we will be releasing six webisodes about several inspiring women we know and how their diverse and fascinating fandoms have participated in enriching their lives, both professionally and personally. So Monica, although I have the pleasure of working on this project with you, it was really initially your brainchild, which I think probably begins from your own fandom. Uh, Would you tell me your fandom origin story? So for me, I think my fandom origin story I don't know. I, I think it starts um, maybe with um, a seven, eight-year-old me kind of reading comic books with my cousins and sitting on like my older co- teenage cousins' beds and reading comic books and um, kind of just wanting to hang around my cousins and being them introducing me to like different things. Um, I specifically remember Wolverine being like one of the big things um, in comics that I was really attracted to. And also in 1989, when I was nine years old, I saw Tim Burton's Batman in theaters. It was one of the first like movies I had seen in theaters. And that year Ninja Turtles came out as well. And I just, my mind was blown. Like I just loved this geeky stuff. And I think it all starts there. But from there, just, you know, I have branched into so many types of fandoms. So many. What about you? Um, Well, I I feel like this is a little bit of a cliche answer, but for me, I think my first sort of classic fangirl, I mean, I think there are many different ways to define a fan and, and what is a fandom or not. And I think maybe even part of this project is expanding that definition. Um, but my first classic fandom was definitely Harry Potter. Um, I am of the generation that was lucky enough to grow up with Harry Potter. So I was the same age as Harry was throughout, um, or within a year or so of how old Harry was. And one of the coolest things about those books is that the the text, the books mature with uh, Harry himself. And then in that case, also with me as I was a growing reader. That's um, really cool. <laughs> and it was, it was one of the most exceptional experiences of, you know, being born in the late 80s. But yeah, I would go to these Harry Potter release parties and I didn't know that cosplay was a thing except for like Halloween, right? Is essentially cosplay. Right. Um, and acting is cosplay in so many ways too. But um, it was this 
this place where everybody would go to their local bookstore and they'd wear wizard hats and robes and uh, it was just this totally amazing feeling of camaraderie and at midnight they would release the book and everybody would buy it and I would go home immediately and you know read it cover to cover. So I think that was probably my first origin. That's my fan origin story. Uh, so, like I just mentioned, this really was your brainchild. Can you tell me where this idea came from? What inspired you to get involved in something like this, to create content like this? Uh, so it started the general idea maybe about three years ago, right when I got my first uh, DSLR camera, and I started kind of like wanting to do photography. I started by taking um, photos of friends of mine and just kind of like, just trying to learn photography and how to take portraits. And um, one thing that I realized was like, I wanted to do geeky portraits of people, right? I want to take pictures of them, but that like reflected their personality and the thing, the things that, that made them them. Just not, not just like a standard pretty picture. I wanted it to like reflect who they were. And so I started looking on the internet for like um, ideas about you know, what kind of geeky photo shoots are being done out there. And I found that the only ones um, that were geeky were like women kind of like in their underwear surrounded by comic books or like on a bed, you know, with a like a like a gaming controller and a headset. And it was, you know, there's nothing wrong with sexy photography or sexy geeky photography or anything like that, but it wasn't really what I was looking for. Yeah. I was looking for something a little bit different. So I kept looking and kind of like going through Instagram hashtags and looking for like ideas and inspiration. Cause I had the idea in my head, but I couldn't really like wrap my head around like what I wanted <laughs> to do. And also I didn't have the skills I needed to kind of like really capture that. So I was just looking for inspiration. And then I started um, finding like um, geeky engagement photos, right? So then like there'd be these couples who were both geeks and they were like so much of their relationship was based on their fandoms and they'd have these full photo shoots with professional photographers as their engagement photos. And it'd be really cute. It'd be like two couples with their wands out. Like um, <laughs> they'd be this like player one has found their player two. It'd be like things like that. And I was like, this is exactly what I want, but not a couple's thing. And the pictures were beautiful because they were taken by professional photographers. And, and I really thought like, that's what I want to do, but I wanted to do it right. And so I waited for a while and just kind of collected inspiration from different um, places. And I just kind of like kept taking notes about like what I wanted to, to express and how I wanted to express like like people and their personalities. And then I read a book called Why I Geek that was published by um, Coal Hill Press. And um, it's a collection of essays of people's fandom origin stories. And it's really cool because it covers things from like baseball to music to Harry Potter to an affection of um, having, being affectionate towards Carrie um, Fisher. And there's just so much that it covers and talks about like there's so much more that we're all so connected. We all have like, you know, an origin story. We all have a fandom origin story, but at the root of all that is that, you know, these fandoms, they inspire us, they become a part of our lives, they become really special. Yeah. And so I kind of was like, I want to show that in my pictures. I really want to show that in my pictures. 
And um, one of the first people that we interviewed was Tiffany. And Tiffany was a lot of the inspiration because as I kind of, I, I called her and I said, hey, I want to do this project. Would you be kind of like my test dummy, my test subject, <laughs> my, you know, would you be my guinea pig and like, yeah. let me practice on you. And she started to tell me more about herself because I told her I need you to do some soul searching about like what your personality is. Yeah. And the more she started telling me about herself, the more I thought like, I kind of want to capture this in like video like maybe a video interview or maybe a written interview or maybe like I felt like her story was so deep and there's so much more to her than a, than a picture could capture right than like a 2d thing yeah exactly and I was like this could be more and then I started to realize just like how diverse fandom is and how diverse the world the word fangirl is and there's so many stereotypes like you know kind of like uh, tied into that. Right. And so then, you know, it was at dinner with you one night <laughs> where I started talking about this and then all of a sudden you kind of like just jumped on board and like, we're like, Hey, yeah. Um, what if we did this and what if we did this? And that's how it was born. Yeah. Oh, well don't, don't give me too much credit. This is, <laughs> this is completely your idea train. And I just, I, you know, I'm hitching it right on the back. Um, but I mean, the reason that I did that is because you know, everything you said about how diverse fandom is and the way that we are so connected. And I think maybe that isn't really a part of modern life or credentials. And I don't mean that necessarily like professional credentials, but like that isn't something that you're necessarily going to tell anybody off, you know, when you first off the bat, when you first meet them, like, oh, hi, my name's Emily. I really love Harry Potter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and it, it sort of becomes this kind of secret in a way like there's a shame to geeking that is less so now I think um, and that's something that ultimately we'll talk about in this project but I just loved the idea of using this as a tool of empowerment and one that is worth showcasing and one that is like a point of pride and maybe we should list that on our resumes you know like I will destroy you in Harry Potter trivia come at me <laughs> you know um, come at me come at me with that <clears throat> I mean, for the, for the books, not the movies. Both are great, for the record, listeners. Um, so yeah, I just, I love the idea of really locating fandoms as a note of empowerment, especially for women, because we're going to talk about sort of what fangirl means in a little bit, I think, um, and reclaiming that word and making it this really inspiring and node of, of brightness in women. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I'm really glad to have you on board because like, this was all kind of like ideas that I was like treading very softly in that I was holding on to for a really, really long time. And kind of having like that partner next to you really pushes you and pushes you to the next level and almost holds you accountable because it's like, hey, when are you going to get to that thing that you Absolutely. said you were going to do? <laughs> and so I don't think that I would have been able to move as quickly as I did if it wasn't for you and having somebody to bounce ideas off of is so valuable and so important and like so much has come together because of just brainstorming and you know trying to come up with ideas so I love that yeah oh thank you that I I'm taking that very seriously that's a I'm very flattered um and yeah, I mean, and that sort of even goes back to our idea, right? How we are all connected and what sorts of amazing relationships can become the fruit of, of 
this sort of cross-pollination, right? Um, so I just, I love the title of our project so much, Portrait of a Fangirl. Um, and I remember it was sort of late, I think it was maybe around midnight. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and we were chatting on Facebook Messenger and just brainstorming and couldn't come up with the idea and couldn't come up with the idea um, until we finally landed on this. And you actually ultimately came up with it. So will you tell me about that? Well, from what I remember, we ended up in a Google Doc. Oh, yeah. And we were, we, I don't know. I think we were coming up with questions for, like, the interview that we were having. I mm -hmm. think uh, Tiffany's interview was coming up. And, you know, we wanted to, like, kind of put some, together, like, a general set of questions that we were going to ask each person that we talked to. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, what are we going to call this project? What are we going to call this project? And I just remember, like, listing names over and over just like different ideas different ideas and then just coming up with ridiculous stuff like just for the <laughs> heck of it because I think it was really late at night yeah it and was I late. think um we were just kind of like I don't know we need to do something like blah 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 um and that's kind of really honestly all I remember about <laughs> it I, I hardly remember it other than just laughing and screenshotting a lot of like our conversation <laughs> and I was sending it to like my boyfriend telling him like oh my god and he was just dying and I think he also was like chiming in like mm -hmm. and I was like look at like our conversation right now I just remember it being really really funny um and I think we have the actual notes somewhere because yeah. we were in a Google yeah, document. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we do. Uh, from what I remember of it, we were exactly there at that ridiculous point in the night where both of us felt brain dead. And you were like, I'm going to go into the kitchen and think. I will be right back. And I was like, <laughs> all right, cool, whatever. And then you came back and you just said, portrait of a fangirl. And I was like, that's it. That's the one. Exactly it. Um, and especially I have um, one of my geekdoms that isn't necessarily in sort of this world is James Joyce. And James Joyce is the author of the 1922 novel Ulysses. It's one of the most important pieces of literature in the past 200 years. Um, and before Ulysses came Portrait of the Artist as a Young Man. And of course, before that, we had Henry James' Portrait of a Lady. So it's sort of, it's coming from this tradition of literature that has really resonated with me throughout the years as a PhD student and just as a person, I think, in general. So I'm really excited to be contributing to that legacy in um, in the way that we are. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I'm really happy with the name. Me too. I'm, I'm super stoked. And so I think, I think let's do this already. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, okay, so let's talk about the definition of fangirl for just a second. <clears throat> Dictionary.com, which is not my favorite authoritative source for defining words, but... Um, the Chicago Manual of Style actually doesn't define fangirl. Get on that, Chicago Manual of Style people. Um, so dictionary.com defines it as, defines fangirl as a female fan, especially one who is obsessive about comics, movies, music, or science fiction. And that's the noun definition. The verb definition is of a female fan, behave in an obsessive or overexcited way. Um, so the language here is coded in a couple of ways, right? Um, we're trying to change that, right? I think that maybe our ultimate goal is to redefine fangirl in a way that says, no, thank you, dictionary.com. <laughs> you, in fact, are wrong. Um, what, do you, what do you think is some of the problem with this language here? So um, one of the things that I really learned from that YI Geek um, collection of essays was that fandom is so much bigger than just 
you know, the stereotype of, like, you know, um, comics or movies or, you know, science fiction, for Music, example, science right? Fiction, yeah. yeah. Baseball can be a fandom. Um, like, it's, a fandom is really anything that just resonates deeply inside of you and yeah. then you can get sort of become a fan of, right? Yeah. I think it should be a general kind of loose term mm-hmm. that we can use however we want to use it, however right. we want to to define it. And one of the things that like I feel that we're, you know, like with the word obsessive or overly excited, it kind of makes you think of like a 13-year-old girl and the problem with that is that you shouldn't think of a 13-year-old girl as, like, a bad thing, right? Well, yeah. Like, it should be, like, mm-hmm. oh, a 13-year-old girl. But the way people have, like, portrayed 13-year-old screaming fans mm-hmm. is almost like an immature type of way. Exactly, yeah. And I don't think connecting so deeply with something that you just enthusiastically, like, love it so much that it's it manifests itself physically, mm-hmm. whether in excitement or whatever, yeah. should necessarily be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that, like, being obsessive or overexcited is necessarily a bad thing. Like, I think that right. that's a stereotype. Like, a groupie, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah. Like, you know, um, that's, like, kind of the stereotype. Mm-hmm. So those are the, kind of the things that I want to change. One, that, like that fandom means so much that there's not this like defined type of um you know oh you're a fangirl only if you express it loudly you could probably be a super huge fangirl and just be really silent and quiet about it and like just keep it to yourself that doesn't make you Mm -hmm. any less of a fangirl just because you're not a collector doesn't make you less of a fangirl just because you're you know it's just i just want us to like take charge of the world the word fangirl and and just own it for ourselves for whatever it means to us yeah no I love that um I I love the way you talk about this 13 year old (laughs) screaming girl right um and I think the word obsessive has a really negative connotation to it right like it's even in the DSM it's like obsessive compulsive disorder like it is associated with a, a problem right? Like a physical problem that, you know, you can be medicated for. Um, And so I hate that that's associated with something that as these stories start to tell us becomes this connection and this love and this portal through which we can become more ourselves and engage in a self-discovery that we probably wouldn't be able to otherwise. Um, And I think, you know, you have the academics of the late 20th century, who have a specialty in something like James Joyce, right? And no one is thinking of them as the 13-year-old screen. Or obsessive. Nobody's calling right. them obsessive. No, no one's yeah. going to call... They're know. experts. Exactly. They're experts, right? Um, and so they're essentially the same thing, right? Like, they get excited, as excited about a new letter, you know, unearthed from this amazing author of the 20th century. And, oh, we get excited about, like, a new story by J.K. Rowling. Or, or like a trailer drop. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And those things are exactly the same. And we become experts in those things in the same way that we've sort of touted these highfalutin narratives. And for me, I'm just sort of like, enough. Like, I'm tired. I'm so tired of the, like, dead white men having all of this power and having this prestige. Um, and I want us to be able to go, no, you want to know it's also prestigious? When you can quote the entire first chapter of Harry Potter. That is hard. <laughs> that is as hard as memorizing a poem, for example. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, that is really ultimately, I think, what drew me to this project. And it's important work. You know, this isn't 
just something that we're doing on the side. I think that what we aim to do here is to really bring this this love and this passion and this power into the public eye. Absolutely. And you mentioned something about the um, the masculinity yeah. um, of like the word men and girl, for mm-hmm. example. And can yeah. you like we had a really good conversation about that. I kind of wanted you to touch on that a little bit. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, girl inherently means not woman, right? It's like, it's the nascent, it's the prepubescent woman is, is girl. Um, and my cousin said, so I, we were having a conversation about the word cute and whether or not it was okay to call a grown woman cute, which obviously it is, right? But she was like, you know, anything that you would call an infant, I do not want to be called. Um, and I, I always thought that, that was such a good barometer for what I would tell people that like, don't call me baby. I'm not one, you know? Um, and that, that's just my personal preference, of course. But I think the attachment of this lack of immaturity that comes with fangirl is, um, in itself, like it begins from a problematic place. And so the work that we have to do to get it to be this not immature thing is going to be even that much harder because it's embedded in the language there. Um, but you know, you also have things like fanboy, right? Which, what do you think the difference between those two, those two words is? You know, um, for me, I kind of almost see it the same. Oh, right. So because I'm in the community, I kind of know what Mm -hmm. it is. But, like, I think in a stereotypical way, you when you hear the word fanboy, you don't think of a little 13-year-old sure. boy reading comic books yes. in his. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of an older man yeah. without a girlfriend, mm-hmm. sitting on his computer, obsessing about Star Wars, mm-hmm. and just kind of, like, going, you know, into internet wars with yeah. people. But I think of a man. I don't necessarily think yeah. of a boy the mm-hmm. way when you say fangirl. I do think of, like, a teenage girl yeah. or stereotypically mm-hmm. people would think of like a teenage girl right. versus when you say fanboys, I actually think grown men of like, a man. Yeah. Why not fan man? <laughs> yeah. Like, like nobody says fan man. <laughs> that rhymes. I think it's almost better. <laughs> I think fanboys does flow a little bit yeah. better to be honest. Um, and maybe that's why the verbiage is right. what it is. Yeah. But yeah. Um, um, just like maybe a quick digression, Stan has become that verb now recently, right? right? Like it was an Eminem song. Yeah. Um, so that's become like, I totally Stan over, you know, Star Trek. Um, and that's another like obsessive. Yeah. Type, you know. But that's one that I think has really successfully been reclaimed, right? Because no one is like, oh my God, you're such a Stan. People are, are embracing that and they're saying, I totally Stan over this. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, and then one thing that like you... I always think of um, an episode in Supergirl mm-hmm. where she um, she's talking to Cat Grant, yeah. and Cat Grant names Supergirl Supergirl, right? And yes, I love that episode. Right, it's a yeah. good episode, and um, you know Cat Grant, and you know I'm sorry, um, Supergirl's you know obviously her alter identity, her alter identity. He's like, well, why do we have to call her Supergirl? Yeah. Like, you know why? Um, you know, why is Superman Superman and why don't we say like Superwoman instead? Right. And so then there's this defense of the world girl and she was like, what's wrong with girl? And there's nothing yeah. wrong with girl. And she starts yeah. to say, I'm, you know, this high powered woman mm-hmm. and I'm a girl. Right. She's like, I run this whole corporation. I'm a girl. Like, yeah. you know, I'm hot. I'm a girl. And mm-hmm. she's just kind of reclaiming the yes. word girl. Mm-hmm. 
And I love that. Yeah. And I think that that's a lot about what this project is about is like reclaiming fangirl Mm -hmm. and, you know, just kind of like telling these really like important stories. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I think that like it's very cool that this work is already being done. We're not pioneers in the field by by any means, but um, it's good that like this has already started to make an appearance in popular media, something like Supergirl. Yeah, absolutely. And then um, speaking of like, you know, important work already being done Mm -hmm. um there's a series called looking for leia that i'm really like excited about and it's very similar to this in the sense where like they talk to women where star wars is like very important to them in their lives and it's all revolved around star wars and i've seen a little bit of it and i just think that that's so freaking cool and i support that so much like i just think that's that's amazing and it's Mm -hmm. kind of like the type of storytelling that they tell is like what i hope that maybe like we can do like obviously for us it's a more general thing it's not Mm -hmm. like limited to star wars but i just think that that is so exciting where like they're taking that Mm -hmm. you know that power back from like the families Mm -hmm. for example or the people that say like star wars isn't for girls right which sounds so crazy that people would say that right but like people say that (laughs) so um so you know um I, I'm excited about, like, that we live in a, in a time where, like, so much of this content mm-hmm. is out, and I love it. Like, yeah. It's exciting, and I just want to be a part of it. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'm completely with you there, and um, I think the cool thing about fandoms, too, is, like, as opposed to, I don't know, like... The boys club is a little bit easier to infiltrate, I think. Forgive the word infiltrate. Um, I'm not a spy. Yet. Yet. <laughs> Wait, explain it to me. Um, so, like, because we are so passionate about these topics, right? So, like, you're a man, I'm a woman, and I love Star Wars and you love Star Wars. Like, that can actually be a bonding point as opposed to something where it's like, okay, I'm a woman in a field that has primarily been dominated by scientists that are men. And it's even difficult for me to get into a program, right, that will give me the kind of degree that I need to have to be able to even think on the same level as these people, right? But, like, the accessibility of fandom and, like you said, that there's so much of this content out there that we can connect over, I think, makes this field a particularly... And maybe that's, you know, a symptom of the 21st century, too, is that the accessibility of all of the information that the Internet offers um, allows it allows us to be able to connect about more things and this is just the thought that i have because you you just happen to mention this but do you ever feel like um you have to be a bigger fan than your male fan counterparts uh yeah i mean i'm i think to the point in my life where if someone's like i am a bigger fan than you i'm like okay that you know i don't i don't need to defend that's fine (laughs) Um, but yeah there is that sense of competition and i think something that we want to talk about is gatekeeping right right so this idea that and i am guilty of this like and i still think this even though i reprimand myself every time like I don't totally trust someone if they haven't read Harry Potter, right? <laughs> if they've only seen the movies, I'm like, I don't know how much you are. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't read Harry Potter. Yeah, so, well, like, I don't know if go. I can trust you. Now so. we can. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like, it's something that I participate in, and then I'm also subject to, right? right? If someone's like, oh, you haven't watched what happened recently, Daredevil, that's when Punisher gets introduced, and you love Punisher, you have to watch Daredevil. And I'm like, okay. Do I, though? (laughs) 
I mean, yes, I will, of course, because I, I want that storyline, but um, that pressure, I think. What about you? Does that happen to you? Um, yes, in a lot of ways where, at least when I was younger, mm-hmm. um, not so much now because luckily I'm in a community of like very mature people yeah. who are open-minded and, mm-hmm. and lovely. So it doesn't happen to me now, right. but it did happen to me a lot when I was younger when in my general like circle, um, high school going into college, like mm-hmm. I didn't know a lot of people that were geeks. Yeah. I did, and so like the few people that I knew that were like into it, like I really loved X-Men who weren't into X-Men, mm-hmm. I would gravitate to them. And I would like the guys, right? Yeah, the guys. It just happened to be Mm -hmm. that. And so I would go to them and be like, oh, I want to talk about this because they're the only ones who were like reading what I was reading or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And and then like I'd get some gatekeeping like, Mm -hmm. oh, you're like a fake fan. Oh, God. Do you even know about this or do you even know about that? I'm like, well, yeah, that's why I'm talking to you about it. Like, or no, instead of like, oh, well, did you know about this? And me saying, like, no. Oh, let me show you. Let, yeah. me, let me teach you. It's like, oh, well, then you're not a real fan. Right. So that. instead of, like, kind of, like, ha- like helping me grow in my fandom and my knowledge mm-hmm. of my fandom and things like that, yeah. they were gatekeeping it right. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was... And how horrible, right, for someone to be like, oh, you think you love what you love, but you don't. Like, right. that's a personal insult right. and, see, and, and I used to gatekeep when it came to music oh and I didn't realize what an ass I was right, right? like mm-hmm. I was just like oh well I've been to all these shows right. and then I thought about it and I'm like well I benefit and I'm privileged that I have parents who mm-hmm. in my teens would take me to like right. all of these places mm-hmm. and could afford to take me to all these shows sure. And I and, and so I sat here like, oh, I'm a bigger fan than you. Oh, you haven't seen them live? Like, geez. Ugh. Like, you must not really be a fan. And, like, right. how gross is that, yeah. right? And yeah, so I'm totally. guilty of that, too. Mm-hmm. And having been on the other end, like, I think we just kind of have to, like, it's a whole culture change yeah. that we have to kind of, like, start to, like, chip away yeah. at and, like, become more accepting and loving. Right. And we're, I think that a lot of people are on both sides. They've right. been gatekeep and they also gatekeep mm-hmm. and we have to really change that culture. Yeah, no, I think what what we want ultimately is a paradigm shift in um, this, the gatekeeping, the fandoms, right? All of that. Um, so I sort of, I mentioned earlier the idea of like, what what is a symptom of the 21st century, right? Like a, you know, increasingly globalized world is sort of, I don't know, a descriptive way to put it um but there's a sort of urgency i think now to tell these stories which i think is part of why both of us are so excited to do this project um what is it about the contemporary moment do you think that made you want to tell this story right now i think social media okay um is is a big thing for me because for the first time in so i was a geek for most of my Social media didn't really take off till I was in my 30s. I'm 39 now, mm-hmm. but there was some MySpace going around in my late 20s type mm-hmm. thing. But Facebook and Instagram and those kind of things didn't really come into the world for me until I was 30 right. and going into that. So most of my life, I was very isolated mm-hmm. and felt very kind of like nobody got me. I always felt like people just tolerated me. People that I would date or like friends, they'd be like, oh, you're so cute. You're a dork. You're a geek. Like they tolerated me, but they didn't really understand me. Yeah. And thanks to social media, thanks to having a partner who kind of like 
loves fandom the way I am and mm-hmm. kind of allows me to right. like, you know, be the most geeky I can be. Yeah. Um, I have really found a community of people where I can just be myself yeah. and not have to hide it or yeah. be ashamed of it or like just, um, I can just be me and it's okay. And nobody's going to like tease me about it. I was never bullied or anything like that for being a geek, but I did get like those little teasing moments or eye rolls or like, they just didn't understand me. So Mm -hmm. it's nice to just be somewhere where people get me. Yeah. And I think telling these stories are really important because I know that somewhere there's somebody who feels like me, who at, who maybe doesn't know how to find a community who maybe doesn't realize that it's okay to like be yourself even if your mom or your sisters or your uncles or whoever don't understand it like Mm -hmm. and and it's very empowering and it's good for your mental health and it's and it's exciting Mm -hmm. and I think that thanks to social media and having a platform for it and you know the rise of like things like YouTube which is where we're gonna put our web series and Mm -hmm. everything I think that it's giving us um this power to do that where yeah. 10 years ago we couldn't have done this without a ton of money and oh, like equipment and things that that we probably couldn't afford mm-hmm. so I think that we're just because of the technology and the social media and everything that's out there this is the perfect time to do it I agree with you entirely I mean like when it comes down to it we're just two girls right <laughs> girls yeah. type typing away at our computers and collaborating and you know trying to, to make something um and all of that really does speak to why this is, it's a cool moment because we, we are still transitioning, right? Like technology is moving so quickly um, that it it's important, I think, to participate in it as it as it's growing. And I'm so excited for the future of this because like I look at my kids and my kids have never lived in a world where there wasn't like Marvel. Mm-hmm. Like, so my son was four when he, when Iron Man hit, yeah. you know, he has grown up with nothing but strong women to him. Pepper Potts is like to him a woman is a CEO, right? Mm-hmm. There, she's she runs Stark Industries. Mm-hmm. She's this. She's you know to him like Black Widow. She's like a a badass. Like yeah. he's he's grown up in a world with the Katniss, with the mm-hmm. Hermione Grangers, with yeah. these amazing women figures. So like my son can see that like women are superheroes. Yeah. He, they they're Wonder Woman. They're Supergirl. They're you know, Captain Marvel, like mm-hmm. my son, my youngest son, my seven year old loves Captain Marvel so much. My son, my friend Madison, her son went to WonderCon dressed as Captain Marvel. So I think this is a very exciting time yeah. for women, but also for boys because yes. they're being taught like something totally different that, yes. that the men that we grew up with were mm-hmm. not taught. Yes. And so that makes me very excited just for like the oh. future of it. And and the storytelling is so awesome, the different platforms, and I'm so excited for the young women and the young men that are going to grow up in this life, and yeah. what will they create, and yeah. what stories will they tell, yeah. and I, I'm excited for more content, and I know sometimes it's overwhelming, because we're like, I can't keep up with all these Marvel shows, yeah. and and all these extended universes, and how many Arrow spin-offs are coming, <laughs> and, and all this kind of stuff, and so I know that it's hard, mm-hmm. but thank God that this is the scenario that like right. we're so overwhelmed mm-hmm. with all the content yeah you know and before we we had no content right. we had like maybe one superhero movie a year mm-hmm. if that and we got like five to six in a decade type yeah thing. so or, you know you have your local bookshop and only what the bookshop 
stocks is what you can do. You couldn't shop on Amazon. You couldn't shop on eBay. Oh, absolutely. Right? We were yeah. limited by our geography in a way that we're and, not anymore. And now we have streaming platforms like mm-hmm. Crunchyroll that like give us so much anime and so much storytelling from mm-hmm. all over the world. And we have things like Netflix who are taking huge risks and their original programming that's mm-hmm. really fun and exciting. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm so excited for the future. And I think that, you know, if we start to tell these stories now, by the time this future comes, like maybe we could contribute some positivity to yeah. it and maybe give people like an idea of like, let's shift towards a more positive, like collaborative yeah. life and mm-hmm. content making and just interacting with each other as fans. hundred percent. I can't agree more. Um, so let's actually, let's talk more specifically about the women that we've interviewed so far. You feel good about that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the women that we uh, that we've talked to, we've talked to three so far, but we have a long list of women that we want to talk to. And one of the big things that I tried to do was I wanted to use women from different backgrounds, different types of fandoms, different types of um, expressions of those fandoms. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to do, even though we started with um, two people that I do know personally. Um, we, we're going on to people that like we don't really know because we don't want to like taint the experiment right. so much. We want to make sure that these are fresh stories from people that we don't necessarily mm-hmm. know, but that do have some involvement in fandom. Yeah. And for example, there are people who have made fandom their profession right. in different ways. Yeah. And there's people who have no professional attachment to fandom whatsoever, mm-hmm. but just enjoy being fans. So right. we want to tell all kinds of stories like from all kinds of different fangirls. Like the cosplay parents, right? If you don't follow that account, absolutely, please go follow it. It's this family, and I mean, these this couple is in, what, their late 60s, probably? Um, Stephen and Millie are amazing. Yeah. They're they're a retired cosplay couple, Mm -hmm. and they're just, they're absolutely wonderful. And that's how they express their fandoms, but they're big members of our community because they're they're out there on Instagram, they're at Disneyland doing mm-hmm. their Disney bounce, they're at conventions doing their cosplays, they're at panels for like the things that they love, and it's really, really cool. They yeah. are, they're a bright light in our community, yeah. for sure. So we actually have a sort of exciting thing for you guys. Uh, we're gonna give you a quick sneak peek of the interviews that we've done so far. Um, so we hope you're as excited as we are about these teasers. Uh, the first woman that we'll be hearing from is Victoria, and she's one of the two co-hosts of Your Biggest Fangirl podcast, which, and this is from their Instagram profile, discusses all things fandom and takes you behind the scenes of the sources of your squee, which I absolutely love that description. Thank you, Your Biggest Fangirl podcast. Uh, Victoria has actually been a guest on the Temple of Geek podcast before, and what we wanted to talk to her about is how her fandoms play into her everyday life. So here's the sneak peek of her segment. For me, that's really difficult because I feel like everyone defines and everyone fangirls differently. But to me, I think it's a woman who loves a certain story so much that um, they're compelled to express it in some way. If that's just them consuming more and more of that type of content or telling their friends about it or creating something because they love something so much. That's what I see as a fangirl. Through um, my podcast, I've learned how all these people how so many women have, and men, 
have chosen to express their fandoms and how they how they love certain things. So I try to keep my definition of a fangirl pretty open and loose in general because I think it's something that's very personal and that there's no right definition of it. So I think when someone hears the term fangirl, they either think of a teenager or a young girl who has pictures of someone all over their bedroom and is crazy and screams outside of stage doors, or they think of a middle-aged, you know, unattractive woman living in their parents' basement who all they do is, is maybe engage online and they don't really have a life. I think the whole general misconception is that these a fangirl is someone who is almost inhibited by their fandom to a certain type of being, which I have found could not be more wrong. So like how I define a fangirl, and I, I think I wrote this eloquently, so I'm going to take a look at my notes. Yeah. So I, to me personally, what a fangirl is, is someone who is inspired by a piece of artwork, a piece of creativity, and is lets themselves fully enjoy it and be consumed by it. And then it's perhaps inspired to create on their own something based on, or maybe not even, maybe only tangentially related to that piece of art that they love. So, and, and who can also have a relationship and have a career and have a full, happy, healthy life. It's not like just because they're a fan of something that is all they are and they, they can't have success or sexuality because of it. Okay, so um, that was Victoria, and I love her, and she's really, really wonderful. Next, we're going to talk about Tiffany. She's a professional baker in Marietta, California, and um, I first met her um, through our shared love of Doctor Who. We met on Instagram, and it was just kind of like geeking out over the same things, and then we ended up at the same convention, Gallifrey One, that we go to every year, and we kind of like developed a friendship. Um, but what really inspires me about Tiffany is the way she talks to us about how fandom has made a positive impact on her mental health. So this is a little preview of our um, interview with Tiffany. I have to say that like in, I guess for me, the, the fandom world, we haven't had, I haven't had that much negativity. Just the people like looking at you like you're some straight out of Mars. <laughs> Off the, the 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 Martian ship, like they're looking at you like that. The people on the street. Yeah, yeah, like people on the street, like looking at you, like wearing wearing either like my jacket or my boots or like bright yellow tights, um, um, for my my Luna Love Good outfit. Uh, but no one's ever actually said anything to me. I I have had more problems with people being mean to me for being overweight than I have with people being with me being a fandom girl. And I thought that was very interesting because I saw that question last night and I was like, I couldn't think of anything other than the people looking at me weird and just being like, well, can't please everybody. Yeah, <laughs> they don't get it. Yeah, they, don't, they just don't get it and, that, and, and that's fine. And I just, but I have to say that I know maybe other people have had in more, in more negative experiences, but I haven't. And finally, um, the last interview that we've completed as of now is with Brianna, who she's a well-known cosplayer from Southern California, and her cosplay um, is very cool because it expresses kind of who she is through fandom. And you said bright light earlier, and I just I have to apply this word to to Brie as well. We think of her as very much a bright light in the cosplay community. 
Hispanic nerds, Asian nerds. It's across the board. Um, you know, we're here, you know, and we're not going anywhere. Um, I think that it's, you know, it's kind of us breaking down um, the stereotypes and allowing um, people within, you know, our communities, um, other people of color to know, you know, we have a place in, you know, here, you know, and it's okay for us to like the things that we like. It doesn't mean that we're less of our culture because we do, um, you know, we can exist within our culture um, and like geeky things and like fandoms, you know, diff different various fandoms. So I think that um, it's going to take some time because I know that, um, you know, even within my family, there's a lot of people who don't really understand um, the things that I'm passionate about. But at the same time, um, because I do show them how passionate and how much I love um, what it is that I do and the community that I'm a part of, um, they're starting to understand and we're having a dialogue and I'm kind of, you know, um, having more communication with them, kind of explaining what it is and why I like what I like and why I'm into what I'm into. And I think that having that dialogue, you know, it's going to take time, but um, slowly but surely we're breaking down those barriers and those walls, um, you know, that our communities unfortunately have put up because of the fact that, you know, they thought that it was because we're rejecting who it is that we are when really it's not that. It's like we're embracing it and you can embrace other cultures and still be a part of your own. <laughs> so it's, you know, you know, just letting people know that, you know, hey, you know, this is who we are. You know, we're not rejecting, you know, um, you know, our heritage. We just, you know, are open to other cultures and um, other things and other, you know, and fandoms. So I think that it's it's definitely, you know, going to change. And it starts with us just being more open and proud of who we are. Please enjoy these these brief excerpts. Um, we, we hope you liked the, the teasers here. Um, our project is ever expanding and we can't wait to continue it and, and get this video content out for you guys to, to see in, in the real 3D. Um, anything else you want to add? No, I just, I'm excited to put it all together I'm and so to share, share people's stories yeah. and to just kind of, um, just, just share their stories because I'm already really impressed. Like I've, I've had the chance to sit down with these women and to talk with them and to photograph them. And Oh, yeah. I can't wait to share the photos <laughs> um, with everybody because they are brilliant. And I, I'm so blessed that I got a chance to um, photograph these women and talk to them. So I just want to share all of that with you. I can't wait. Let's, let's do this. Let's move. So um, if you want to help support our project, uh, please tag us in your fangirl photos. Um, we really want to see like how you fangirl. So if you could tag us um, using the hashtag portrait of a fangirl, or you can tag us on Instagram at temple of geek or at portrait of a fangirl. And you can also tweet us or send us a message on Facebook and Twitter on the handle temple of geek because we really want to see your stories and also we, we can't wait to share more. Um, thank you to everyone who's tuned in today for our announcement and to hear about our project. If you have questions or comments, like I said, post them in the comment section here, tag us on Twitter or social media. We're Temple of Geek and we're, we also have the dedicated Instagram account with, for Portrait of a Fangirl, uh, where we'll be posting all the latest on the projects. You can find us on Instagram at Portrait of a Fangirl. And this is going to wrap up this episode of the Temple of Geek podcast. Want to check out some of our other shows or features? Head over to Temple
Geek website where you can find all sorts of content that pertains to the world of geek. Your hosts today have been Monica and Emily, and we will see you next time. Peace. <laughs> Sorry. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.